0: Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host Dean Ryan coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful sunny San Diego, California. It is Monday morning April 19th 2021. Got a great show for you here to bring you out of the weekend and help start your week strong. You know hopefully your Monday's starting a little better than mine. You know I mean. You know, my Monday's not starting off terribly bad. I I wouldn't say it's bad. But it's one of those days where you don't find your wallet, and you can't find it anywhere. And it's like, okay, you reassure yourself, okay, it's in the car. And then you go in the car, and it's not in the car. And then you reassure yourself, it's probably at work. So I get here, park, run into the office real quick. It's not there. So the wallet is missing. Anxiety is up through the roof. But you know what? I feel like there was so much good shit that happened this past week. And this show, it's a good time show. So let's put all our worries behind us and talk about the the past few days that were, you know, before we tackle on some new shit. If you didn't notice in your feed yesterday, there was a special Sunday edition of a Cali Green Monster show that was published yesterday. I had my buddy Wade Willis back on the show. We talked about the big Jake Paul, Ben Askren boxing extravaganza that Triller put on on Saturday. So, you know, if you want to hear us talk about that and in its entirety and all the stuff that happened from drunk Oscar De La Hoya to slap fighting to the performances and the boxing itself. Episode number 73 has it all. So go check it out. But the numbers seems to be coming in from the show, so I think the initial number estimates, it was about like 1.3 million buys. Then the number just kept growing. I think that the last I checked, it says it's at least 1.45 million buys. Jake Paul had tweeted out 1.5 million buys last night, and they're saying that it's anywhere up to 2 million buys. So regardless of what you think of Jake Paul's boxing skills, regardless of what you think that the about the show in general, there are definitely it was definitely successful. They did what they wanted to do was sell pay-per-views and made a lot of money. And I think that, you know, especially with the success of the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones pay-per-view, Roy Jones Jr. pay-per-view that happened six months ago and the success of this one, they were definitely going to see more of these. A lot of people keep bringing up like, oh, like Jake Paul, like we still don't believe you as a real fighter. Like at the end of the day, Ben Askren, even though he kind of talked the talk going into the fight, he his his physique didn't necessarily scream that he was taking the fight very seriously, and you know he didn't. Re- I, I feel like he wasn't that much opposition, and it was it was kind of disappointing as someone who thought Ben Askren was gonna put up a tougher fight. But I feel like Jake Paul, regardless, of you know he's his boxing skill is. Is, is good enough to be considered. I would say he's at least a boxer. He's not just a gimmick. You know, He at least knows how to box, and he looks solid in there. I don't think he would do... It wouldn't be as as much of a cakewalk if he was actually boxing a real boxer, and I, let alone I don't know if he'd be able to beat an actual contender. So I think that, let's be real, if he's being able to sell pay-per-views just by fighting someone with no... Bo- like, just basically a wrestler with very minimal boxing skills coming off hip surgery, if he's able to make like, you know, 75 million just off of that, they're definitely going to keep, you know, I think feeding him guys that he can handle. Like, for example, I think one of the ones that, the names that's getting tossed around right now is Dylan Dennis. And people think that that's a good, you know, follow up for this fight. But I'm just sitting here being like, okay, if you want to see Jake Paul fight someone who's an actual boxer or someone that could, you know, with the actually tests his boxing skill are we really going to go from a wrestler to a jujitsu guy because i mean dylan dennis i agree would kill jake paul just in a you know if they were to meet each other in the street because he's so good at jujitsu and you know that's a completely game than just comp- just boxing but if you're going to just do boxing rules i mean that's set up for jake paul to to win again so we're probably going to see him again We're probably going to see him fighting someone that's, you know, not necessarily a real boxer, but with some name value and some credibility. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it is Dylan Dennis or, you know, something of that nature. I, I don't expect anyone from UFC. I doubt Dana White. Is going to allow anybody? I I bet you he didn't really appreciate hearing Snoop Dogg being like calling him out, being like "fuck you, Dana White." Where's my two million bucks? Where's my two million, Dana White? So like, I don't know if Dana White's really gonna be wanting to um, cross promote with these guys or to work a deal with these guys. So you know, we'll see what's next. And you know, the the one, no matter what your opinion is, it's undeniable that it was an extravaganza and it was an extravaganza that made some money. You know some other stuff that happened over the weekend as well, and that stuff that I brought up on the show on Friday was, you know, Pat McAfee of the Pat McAfee Show, former Indianapolis Colts punter. You know, he's known primarily right now for a big internet personality. His show, I feel like, is growing exponentially with the viewers. He's it's a show I've been following for the past year, and it's just been getting more and more viewers. And you know, he's a very entertaining dude. On Friday's show, I covered that he they, he was announced as one of the new SmackDown announcers with Michael Cole. So, Friday was his debut episode. And, you know, the parts of SmackDown that I watched, he was really good. You know, he, for a first-time announcer, you know, save for the few times that he has joined the announce booth and the time that he almost was, like, substitute announcer during the... when SmackDown didn't have their announcers because they were stuck in Saudi Arabia. Besides that, you know, it was, it was his first time being an announcer, and he killed it. You know, wrestling Twitter, I feel like the wrestling internet community is definitely someone – they're a fan base that is super critical and will let you know if they don't like something. And I feel like for the most part, they seem pretty happy with him. So I think Pat McAfee is going to be successful. I think the, the tandem of Michael Cole and him have the potential to be one of the best wrestling commentary teams that, you know – have ever existed, and definitely makes SmackDown must-watch TV. You know, there's so much wrestling on TV between all the shows that WWE runs with, you know, Monday Night Raw, NXT on Tuesday, SmackDown on Friday, you got AEW, you got Impact Wrestling, you got, you know, New Japan Wrestling, so there's so much wrestling going on, but at least I think Pat McAfee being, you know, on commentary and someone that has, relatively not much of a filter compared to a lot of the other people in WWE. I think it's refreshing and, um, you know, definitely give SmackDown, a a leg up on the competition, I think. And, you know, at least for me in the foreseeable future, I'll be seeking out SmackDown a lot more than any of the other wrestling shows. Like for example, WWE Raw is on tonight and, I could tell you this after a long day at work today, I probably won't be watching it. So, yeah, WWE SmackDown Pat McAfee, that was a solid move from them. And before I move on to talk about the UFC fight night, I feel like I have to bring this up since I did basically talk about this on the show. And I straight up titled the show after the story that, you know, this person was involved in. I'm talking about Aaron Donald. I literally titled an episode, I think, like. Aaron Donald assaulted a dude and he didn't that dude didn't die. Well, it makes sense that the dude didn't die because Aaron Donald actually didn't assault the guy. You know, videos came out, I think either on Friday or over the weekend that Aaron Donald was actually trying to break up the fight. So, I don't know if the guy who got assaulted must have seen Aaron Donald who, I mean, it's probably, you know, was probably the biggest guy in the scuffle and definitely, you know, being one of the most famous football players current in current day you know he probably saw Aaron Donald there and assumed that you know Aaron Donald was the one that assaulted him you know so he was at least exonerated from the video Aaron Donald's going to be clear of you know of those assault charges and I think it makes sense because let's be real like I think the biggest hole in that story was that Aaron Donald one of the scariest most athletic big explosive football players around like beat up a normal dude and that guy didn't die like like i said i I, i'm pretty sure that if aaron donald laid his hands on someone it would be worse than the damage that that guy got and i mean he sustained some real damage a concussion you know 17 stitches broken eye socket you know damage to his arm so he got fucked up no like no doubt but i think it'd be a completely different story if aaron donald decided that you're fucking dead meat so aaron donald you are clear you're not this uh, you know dumbass football player getting in bar fights that i it the the initial reports were making it out to believe So, as I mentioned, there was a UFC fight night on Saturday, and it was the perfect palate cleanser for someone who was actually seeking combat sports and didn't quite get what they wanted from the thriller pay-per-view. You know, because, you know, for all things said, it was like a a three-and-a-half-hour show, and there wasn't very much boxing, and the boxing that we got wasn't the most high-level boxing. But, you know, as soon as that pay-per-view ended, I switched over to ESPN+, and the main event between Kelvin Gaslam and Robert Whitaker, you know, it was basically, it was kind of coming out to be a number one contender decider at the 180, 185 pound division. And, you know, it was a great matchup and it was perfect for, you know, watching, you know, going from kind of gimmicky boxing to high level, you know, MMA. It was great. Robert Whitaker, you did what I thought Robert Whittaker was going to be able to do. He was, you know, Gastelum wasn't able to do anything, you know, wrestling-wise. I don't really think he really attempted to do much to bring the fight to the ground. Robert Whitaker's kickboxing and striking looks super crisp. He definitely proved as he did at the past two fights and this fight as well that, you know, anyone not aimed Israel at Asanya is, you know, I don't think up to his level. That's why it's a real shame that Whitaker and Costa didn't happen because that would have been an awesome fight. You know, I think Costa would bring it and I think Robert Whitaker would have been super game. But you know, he completely shut out Kelvin Gastelum. I think it was 50-45 on all three judges' scorecards, so it was like unanimous of unanimous decisions. So Robert Werker definitely has earned the number one con, you know, contender status. I think Marvin Vittori was sitting cage side for the fight. You know, he's someone else that's pining for a shot at Israel Adesanya. He's riding a five-fight win streak and and suffered a split decision loss to Adesanya the previous time they fought. But you know, if you if you're asking me who I want to see, you know, fight Israel Adesanya next, it's, it's the rematch between Whitaker and Adesanya. I think Whitaker looked great. And hopefully, you know, whereas Whitaker seemed timid the first time him and Adesanya fought, hopefully having been in the cage with Adesanya and, you know, having rattled off three wins after that meeting, you know, we'll give him confidence and we'll get a little bit more of a competitive fight this next time around. The thing that was also kind of most notable about the UFC fight night is... Basically, we lost the original co event. So the original co event was going to be between lightweight Jeremy Stevens and Dracar Close. But that match was canceled, like, on the day of the fight. And apparently what happened is that weigh-ins, you know, Close got, to, you know, too close to Jeremy Stevens, pun intended there. And Jeremy Stevens thought that was disrespectful for, you know, considering that the two guys were about to fight the next day. You know, thought he was getting too close in his space and shoved him away. And I guess Jeremy Stevens shoved him so hard that Close was saying that he was, you know, his arms went numb and that he was getting the headaches and I guess he... they. The UFC sent him to their, like, you know, performance institute to get, like, you know, physical therapy done. I think they did it twice after weigh-ins. But then I guess he woke up the next morning with migraines and he threw up the medicine that the UFC doctors had prescribed him. So he ended up having to go to the hospital and they canceled the fight. And I guess the results of the MRI showed that he had, like, a sprained... You know cervical like the like his spine and his neck was sprained and he also resulted in a concussion and that was all just from a shove so it makes me wonder like we've seen people get shoved at weigh-ins all the time and never result in anything this catastrophic like and it makes me wonder if close was more banged up going into this fight because honestly i feel like if just a shove at the weigh-ins is enough to basically you know sprain your neck and give you a concussion it makes me think that he might have been slightly injured going into that or maybe just the abruptness of getting shoved like that just you know caused a whiplash that you know just could have been a freak accident that could have happened at any time i'm not sure I guess that's gonna, you know, it's kind of hard because it's like on one side, it's like I do appreciate sometimes the, uh, you know, the slight shoves and the the heated exchanges at the the face-offs and the weigh-ins, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, I want to see the fight, not just the uh, the scuffle at a weigh-in. So it's like, you know, they, they I don't know if they're going to moving forwards try to prevent these dudes getting from so close to try to prevent like something like that from happening. to my recollection i can't remember a time like this a a time in the past where shoving a fighter during the face-off or the weigh-in has resulted in an injury so i don't know if maybe it's just a freak thing and they'll just chalk it up as that but uh you know it's definitely uh definitely a freak thing you don't see too often and um yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with Jeremy Stevens moving forward. I think he really could have used that fight. I think he's winless in his past five. So, you know, I mean, do we chalk this up as a dub? You know, I guess he, uh, <laughs> I guess he beat him in, in a in a shove battle. You know, how there's slap fights that they had at the the Jake Paul pay per view. Maybe they'll have shove battles, and you know, you could potentially knock a dude out just by shoving him too hard. In this weekend, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. I'd be remiss to talk about the big series between the L.A. Dodgers and the San Diego Padres that went down this past weekend here at Petco Park. A lot of people are pretty excited, especially down here in San Diego, about the Padres' prospects this season. A lot of people expect them to at least give the Dodgers some competition in the NL West this year and to for sure at least snag one of those wild card spots. So for this first series of the season you know there was a lot of hype and I think that you know the Dodgers they were trying to downplay it because you know of course they would because you know they've been they're the reigning NL West champions they've been winning the NL West you know in the past recent memory it's just been their division to lose and they haven't lost it they go to the World Series almost every year they are the defending champions this year so I think they're definitely trying to downplay like a rivalry with like hey I mean the Padres haven't done shit ever they haven't even ever won a world series they haven't won a division they haven't really threatened stuff they didn't you know they lost in the playoffs last year to the dodgers so there's really to the dodgers it's like you know there's no rivalry here but you know Tell that to the people at Capetco Park because it was definitely a playoff atmosphere. Friday's game was epic. It went 12 innings. You know, I think in the ninth inning, the Dodgers took the lead. Then the Padres tied it up. It went late into the night. And then finally in the 12th inning, the Dodgers just poured it on. You know, they scored five runs. So, you know, they took Friday epic game definitely felt like a playoff game saturday was a more of a different one it was definitely a pitcher's duel we had clayton kershaw and you darvish clayton kershaw was great he went six innings no earned you darvish was seven innings pitched and one earned run and while that's awesome i think if you tell most pitchers like hey you're gonna go seven innings and only give up a one earned run they'd probably take that but when you're getting shut out that's not good enough the dodgers were able to pull off 2-0 on saturday so while this was a hype series going in and the the padres were trying to prove that you know they're going to be competition to the dodgers and trying to you know add some heat to this rivalry i feel like they needed to go into Sunday and win that game you know they couldn't let the Dodgers sweep it and you know really kind of show that they weren't that competitive and you know they got the win that they needed yesterday and it was a good win they came from behind I think they were down 2-0 a 2-1 at some point but you know they you know they got a big win Trevor Bauer was on the hill for the Dodgers and I think he's he's been unbeatable so far in a Dodger uniform we had Blake Snell who the Padres you know He pitched great, I think gave up two earned runs. And the Padres were able to get to the Dodgers' bullpen. I think they scored one run in the seventh and three in the eighth to pull off a 5-2 victory. So it was a big series, you know, there's a lot of excitement about Padres baseball down here in San Diego And, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing, I think there's another 16 games between these guys So, you know, the Padres and Dodgers, definitely some much watch baseball So, Dodger fans, Padres fans yeah, maybe we do got a little bit of a budding rivalry going on. But, you know, the Padres have to live up to their end of the bargain and keep this thing competitive. Because, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers are 13-3 and three right now. They're looking like, you know, World Series champions. They're playing like it. And, you know, the Padres, every time, they're, they're going to have to keep it up. And, you know, it, it's still only April. This is a long-ass season to go. So, lots of baseball to go. And before I get out of here, you know, I was going to talk about the Mighty Ducks, the television show, but I felt like, you know what, there's a lot of stuff that I talked to leading up to this, so I'll probably talk about, I'm not probably, I'll talk about the Mighty Ducks, episode 4, tomorrow show. What I actually wanted to finish off talking about was actually the big announcement in World Soccer that was announced yesterday how basically the 12 biggest clubs in England, Spain, and Italy have announced that they're going to form basically a Super League. So basically... It's, you know, the biggest clubs in England, which are, you know, both the Manchester teams, Manchester United, Manchester City, you got Liverpool, you got Chelsea, you've got Tottenham, you've got Arsenal, and then in Spain, you got those big guys, Real Madrid and Barcelona, and I think Atletico Madrid, and then in Italy, you got Juventus, Inter Milan, and AC Milan. So basically, what they're trying to do is separate and form their own competition That it would kind of make it like, since they're the biggest clubs in Europe, that they can get like a bigger chunk of revenue because they would form their own TV deal. And then when you think about it, people want to watch the best of the best. There's a reason why, for example, the MLB gets all the viewers and no one's watching minor league baseball because you want to watch the best. And at the end of the day, if all the best clubs are playing in one league, that's going to have the most eyeballs because. You know TV partnerships Are going to go and cover the big You know the big teams and especially the big teams Already have big TV deals So and then the best players They're going to want to play where Pete, where the most money Is and where the most eyeballs are And if that's where these all the biggest Clubs are forming this big super league It's really going to diminish The strength of you know a lot of the domestic competitions. so for all the other Teams in England that are still That aren't going to be part of the Euro the super league You know all the teams in Spain and Italy That aren't going to be a part of it. It's just going to lessen the importance of those competitions. It's going to not allow for any you know, movement or real competition from any of these non 12 teams to, you know, cause I think they're eventually going to add some more founding members. They mentioned that there's going to be another couple teams that they're going to announce that will join the super league, you know, cause like some notables, for example, that weren't a part of this are like Paris PSG, um, the German teams like uh, Bayern Munich and um, Dortmund and stuff. So, It's definitely the fans are not happy. Like if you go on any of the like world football, like social media pages, people are pissed because, you know, at least like where it's set up now is that, you know, if you finish in the tops of your domestic league, you can go play in the Champions League. And so there's at least the hint that, you know, any team in Europe could potentially play to be the best team in europe and that's not going to be a case now you know if there's the super league that only you know plays each other it's going to keep out everyone else and you know definitely fifa and uefa is not happy about it they've already basically said that any player and team that's participating in this is not going to be eligible to participate in the world cup so if you're playing for one of these big teams and you're taking part of this Super League, good luck. You're not going to be able to represent your country in the World Cup. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It definitely looks like these clubs are, you know, to them it's just business. And as most people know that fall sports and Especially soccer, and then soccer in Europe. Soccer is completely different there. It's a way of life. So you know, I think that's why some people are so pissed because you know these owners are definitely choosing the dollar, or you know the euro, or the pound, or whatever they go by over there. That they're choosing that over you know all over hundred years of tradition that a lot of these clubs and leagues have. So it's going to be pretty crazy to see how that plays out if the if these clubs are going to I guess, back down to the threats of UEFA and FIFA, you know, by, you know, so we'll see. Or if maybe they're going to try to create their own World Cup and then soccer becomes this big, huge mess, kind of like boxing where there's a bunch of different boxing commissions and stuff. But we'll see. I felt like it was kind of, you know... The whole world is basically talking about it at the moment, and I feel like, you know, on the Cali Green Monster Show, we talk about some soccer, and we talk about the important things in the world, and on this Monday morning, I felt like we could talk about the crazy shit going on with the big soccer teams in Europe. But until next time, I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to this podcast. If you enjoyed what you're listening to, be a friend, tell a friend. And if you did not enjoy what you're listening to, you can just mosey on out of here and just pretend you never listen to the show. But until next time, I've been your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you from the Tesla Studios here in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Have a great one, guys. Peace.